I did it. I completed 75 hard and it was one of the most challenging things I've ever done in my life. In this podcast, we'll be deep diving on all things 75 hard, including my recommendations, my journey, lessons I learned, upside of the program and downside of the program, as well as life after 75 hard. Because I have been off the program for almost two months at this point. I'm recording this in mid-August and I finished on June 30th. This podcast is likely to be chaotic and all over the place because there's so many things I want to cover in it and I will not do it justice at all of my journey, but I will do as best as possible to communicate everything that I can remember throughout my four month journey. Because this is likely to be all over the place, I have included timestamps and chapters in the description below so you can jump around at your own pace and ease. Without further ado, let's deep dive on Andy Priscilla's 75 hour program. First things first, what is 75 hard? It is a mental toughness program designed to change you fundamentally by the time you complete it. It is not a fitness challenge. It is not a, uh, a TikTok trend or challenge. It is a program designed to pump you out a different version on the other side by completing five critical tasks every damn day without deviation, without compromise. You just must execute on these things without wavering. The daily tasks are number one, take a progress picture. Number two, drink a gallon of water every day. Number three, read 10 pages from a nonfiction slash personal development slash business book, but it needs to be nonfiction. That's the key portion there. And number four, follow a meal plan. And within that, you cannot have any alcohol or any cheat meals whatsoever. I'm talking like no chocolate chip, no um, sip of alcohol, like straight up nothing no deviation from that whatever, whatsoever I mean. And number five, work out twice and one of those workouts has to be outside and both have to be for 45 minutes plus. So it's intense, but it's very simple and very practical because it seems a lot bigger than it actually is. And once you actually get into the program, you start to realize, oh my God, like this is insanely, insanely simple, insanely practical, but we complicate it um, what, what the essentials are typically as human beings. So I know there's a lot of health things in here and Andy's talked about this in the past, how it's not a health challenge. It's specifically about what's going on up here. And if you're on audio, I am touching my brain and my mind, hopefully. Um, and it's just about leveling up the mentality because yes, you will experience physical transformation like I did. Yes, you will feel a lot better on like a health level, but specifically what's going on is you're transforming your mentality and that's why it's called a mental toughness program, not like a health challenge. And it's 75 days because, well, long story short, he just talks about how 30 days, 21 days, those types of shorter challenges, quote unquote, are not enough for true transformation. And for me, I spent four months total on this program, back to back with no breaks, with three L's. So I just had a hardcore transformation up here and spiritually as well. There's a little, yeah, I, we'll get into this as the podcast goes on, but 75 days is just a very long, longer time. It's two and a half months where you have a greater opportunity for transformation and more 
more consistency without, because on this program, if you screw up any single one of those tasks, you have to start over at day one because it's training in you the ability to not compromise when it's inconvenient. It forces you to execute in the face of all circumstances, really. It just doesn't matter what's going on externally. All that matters is what can I do today? What can I control? And doing those essential tasks within your journey. This is a very absolute program and it's like that by design. There is no half-assing, there is no cheat meals, there is no slight deviation. You must go all in to truly get the effect of what this program can create for yourself. It's designed to force you into new levels of performance, new levels of execution for an extended period of time. And it just shows you like how much more you are capable of. It's about, for me at least, it was about like entering into a new version of yourself. And when you do these things for such a long time without any wavering, things start to change within your being, within your mind. It's crazy. Ultimately, you are the only one at the end of the day who's going to know if you did it right. So it's really about like self-honesty and self-respect that will get built by you truly following this program right. The confidence and incredible respect and self-esteem I felt for myself on the final day was just like, it was so worth it. And this is the kind of thing you'll only truly understand when you just go through it yourself. So why did I go through this program? Well, first and foremost, I was introduced to Saudi Vibhar back in like 2019, everything, because I've been following Andy Frisella for like six years at this point. Um, I'm an OG MFCEO listener. I started listening a month into that podcast. And when he announced it, I was like, I don't want to do this. Like, it just doesn't interest me at all. And I, I liked alcohol here and there. I liked having cheat meals here and there to everything. I liked the balance of life type of thing and it just had no no compelling reason for me to do it because i thought i was good enough with mental toughness now fast forward to early 2021 and i was super lazy i had rationalized that i should stop working out for three months to really focus all of my energy on content creation and stuff because i was just going through a crazy like backlog that's a whole other story though which if you're on youtube right now you can find it at why i'm quitting vlogging it's a good video it's not really a podcast, but final video on this channel before I turned it into a podcast channel. <laughs> so I had gotten super, super lazy and I was eating super poorly, so much junk food, so many cheat meals, and was drinking anywhere from like four to seven times per week. Not like getting shit faced by any means, but more so like, hey, I want to drink right now or I want two drinks right now type of thing. I don't think anything was more than three typically, but... I was just not doing the right things and was feeling like absolute garbage because of it. It just, it just did not feel right. The fuel I was putting in my body, I was still doing like the water. I drink naturally a gallon per day type of thing. And I always like was reading and stuff like that, just minimal, but I just hit my breaking point. I'm like, I need to level up into a new version of me. I specifically wrote in my journal, I need to evolve. I cannot stay with this current Josh. And I think that was a great way of summing all of my intentions up as well as vitality and energy and time management and mental toughness. Those were the two huge reasons why I really wanted to start this because I heard enough podcasts of people talking about 75 Hard who are on Andy Frisilla's podcast. 
and there was just something about like the creating extra time by adding more tasks in the day if that makes sense we'll get more into that later but and then of course like the mental toughness you leave with on 75 hour is just you leave a very different animal to say the least so i was ready to step into the next version of me and my evolution and I jumped on the program. Next up, we're gonna talk about the journey and like kind of the brief overview of the phases and then we'll get into each task to explain what I did for each and how I approached it and what might be useful in your own journey if you choose to do this. I hopped on imperfectly. I didn't actually feel like I was ready when I started. There's still so much like, so many open loops and stuff like that, but I jumped in head first. The only way you really can do a program like this to be honest. And uh, by the way, if I'm looking at my notes a lot, it's because I have literally 4,000 words. Uh, yep, 4,100 words of notes. And I just wanna make sure I'm covering as much as possible. So just bear with me if I'm looking down, that is why, because I wanna make sure that you get the best and most accurate information. Plus there's a lot of things to remember over the last six months. So this is my memory as well. Day one was immediately exhilarating. I'm not sure how people have this like delay period where the intensity comes after. As soon as I jumped back into working out and as, working out is just so critical for testosterone and intensity, I must say. But as soon as I was just doing these tasks that other people were not willing to do, it immediately just created this like incredible confidence within myself because I was willing to go the extra mile. I was willing to do what other people are too good to do. I was willing to do what I would rather talk about or what most people would rather talk about than actually do. So I jumped right into it, had a blast. I was really enjoying it. I felt like I was in my own little world of like specialness, I guess you could say. It was really wicked. And I was so gassed in the first week and I'm talking like exhausted. I was falling asleep at like 10 p.m. as a night owl, which was, I was used to going to bed at, you know, like 2 a.m. type of thing but I was just so drained and so exhausted from exerting all this extra energy that I was just like collapsing so fast and so early in the day. Like I remember I was reading a journal. It was like 4 a.m. or 4 p.m. I've been dying, I am dying. And this has been like this for the last six hours as I write at 10 p.m. everything. It was incredibly tiring, but it was a really good tiring because when you were just giving it your all, when you're really just pushing as much as you can, there is just like some sort of incredible feeling that comes over you as you're tired at the same time. It's, it was, it was great. I loved it. By day 10, I was dialed in and ready to go. And I had concluded, this is totally achievable. I can do this for 75 days, 65 more days of this. No problem. I can do it. Day 16, I have catch up and I wasn't really sh like there was no like rule that said I couldn't have ketchup within my nutrition plan, which was alkaline, but it was just, you know, like there's a lot of sugar within ketchup. It's not great. So I wasn't hundred percent sure. Uh, I, I darted back and forth and just kept swaying back and forth between do I restart? Do I stay? Cause I really wanted this. I, like my ego was like, yes, you have to do it in one run. And I was like, talking shit to people, talking shit to my one friend, for example, who was on 75 hard. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna out, outpace you type of thing. You have to like do this. Cause I'm, if I'm going to uh, do this, I'm gonna do it in one run type of thing. And yeah, very, very humbled very fast because I ended up uh, after days of contemplation, I was like, screw it, we're restarting. Just to be honest with myself and make sure I'm doing the run properly so I can experience 
the benefits that this program creates. So that catch-up, even though it wasn't a clear yes or a clear no, it was just a little bit too gray and I decided to restart for honesty purposes and I'm very glad I did. So then I restarted and hit 15 days and on day 15 of attempt two, I wasn't 100% sure if I drank a gallon of water. I usually had crystal clear measurement, but I just didn't for whatever reason because I like started with half and then tried to like re-up it later and I was just like, I don't even know my measurement is right now. So I didn't drink, or I possibly didn't drink enough. I'm not still sure, but we're just gonna pretend like I didn't and because I needed that absolute like, yes, I did this and uh, I couldn't say that. So I felt guilty about it and, and I didn't fully restart, but then I hit day 30 within that run, AKA day 15 again. I was only on four hours sleep and I read nine pages and I was like so convinced I read 10 and I didn't double check. Um, and then I checked the day after and I was like, motherfucker, I only read nine. So that was a clear like, hey, you need to fucking restart type of thing. So I did, again. By the way, if you're wondering why I hate myself, I'm trying to train it, swearing out of my system. So now we're on attempt three. Now, after 25 days of executing, I started to really go deep on simplicity and detachment and focus and all these other things that I just, and it just felt like I was being spread too thin. And I had just, I'm, I was mentally over the program at that point. I had become so sick and tired of the mandatory, like you have to do this every day type of thing that I just like was just over it. Um, but it didn't matter. I've still had to execute and follow through because I didn't want to just quit halfway. I wanted to make sure that this is worth all of the effort and, and time I put into it. Plus, I couldn't have talked the shit I talked and then just not have done it. Like I needed to follow through and execute regardless of how I felt. So I did. So the next 50 days were monotonous as hell. They were so boring. They were so exhausting. But that's a period that trains you so much because you've just like, you're just over how you feel and you just do anyways. To do that for almost two months straight is crazy. And then eventually, as I neared the end of, of that run for the last week, I finally got like more juice again and felt more alive and excited and stuff like that. And, uh, and then closed out strong and it felt incredible. And if you want to watch the final day, there's a vlog, which I will link, which is intense. And it gets you a very clear picture of exactly how I was feeling on that final day. So it was a hell of a journey. I came out a very different person than when I started. And as I like to call, call him and reference it, Josh 2.0 came out from 75 hard. So I'm very appreciative of Andy Frisilla for this program because it just, it just fundamentally changes you when you're doing all these things every damn day, regardless of if you feel like it, regardless of if things are easy to do, regardless of if it's convenient, regardless of if it's, if it, it doesn't, like it just doesn't matter. You just have to do it. And that is a powerful place to be and it trains you. It just cultivates such a different level of mental toughness when you can do that. Like if you do this program correctly with no deviation, no cheats, no nothing like that, you come out as a very different being. I can promise you that. And it's gonna be challenging. It's not gonna be easy, but it will be worth it. There were so many days where I just did not want to do this, this, this stuff, but I just made sure I did it anyways. And doing that consistently, it just changes you.
It just changes you. It's hard to understand until you actually do it. So go do it if you're called to. Anyways, let's get into the tasks because there is a bunch of nuances that I think can help and we'll break down my journey bit by bit and show you what I did and hopefully how it can help you if you choose to do 75 hard for yourself. Now with each task, my goal was always to go above and beyond because for one, it just saves my ass in case I ever screw up. So like the water, for example, I didn't go above and beyond that day and it cost me because I wasn't 100% sure if I properly did it. And if I didn't properly do it, you're not properly doing the program because if you screw up even the slightest bit, you must restart. I know I'm a broken record here, but I seriously don't trust what most people do with this program because I've, I've seen the rationalizations, I've seen the things, the comments, um, and it's just so easy to default into, you know, it's, it's just a chocolate chip, it's, it's, just a, it's just this, it's just a that, but <sighs> those decisions, those moments are when you truly cultivate the person you're trying to be. I also do one more rep to push myself past where I think I should be type of thing. So like example, running today, instead of stopping at my house, I go a little bit longer because it's just like that one extra thing. Instead of like stopping at a certain rep count, just do one more rep, like physically do one more rep. Like if you set out to do 10, do 11. Trust me when I say winners go above and beyond. And if you want to be a winner, which I do, I do my best to practice the things that the winners do. So it's a critical thing. Save my ass multiple times within Saturday 5 Hard and it just feels damn good to do. It'll also help you reach a new level and show you that you can do more than you actually can. You think you can do this and if you just do a little bit more, it changes the identity of how you see yourself. And when you change that identity, you change the behaviors, the actions, the beliefs, the results. It's all a byproduct. Anyways, let's jump into food. Now, first things first with food, I switched to alkaline for energy and vitality. This was weird for me because up until then, I was just eating a standard diet with like, you know, bro meals like chicken and rice. Ooh, I love chicken and rice so much. It's incredible, especially with coconut oil and some brags. Delicious. But I really wanted to level up in my nutrition department. And I was really nervous for doing an alkaline diet because I had never done anything close. So I was like, is this not gonna just sabotage me on the program if I just choose this? Because I just didn't know if I could follow through on it or not. I ended up doing it. And one of the best decisions I've ever made because alkaline, the energy and vitality you experience in this program when you are cleanly eat. So there's clean eating and then there's like alkaline eating because Acidic, acidic foods, um, and I'm literally talking about the pH scale because guess what? You are what you eat. It's just a reality. So every time you are putting an alkaline meal, food, etc., in your system, you are forcing your pH system to become more alkaline. And the same is true with acidic foods. If you if you introduce acidic foods, you're going to become more acidic. Now, acidic is where usually where problem lies within like health. And I'm not gonna get too much into this here. It's definitely worth a research if you haven't done this yet, but alkaline is like the, one of the greatest things you can do for your health. So I'm so glad I did this. The, oh God, I just can't stress enough. Like I have never felt more alive while eating than when I did 
when I was 100% following Alkaline. It's, ugh, it's incredible. Now, before I started, this was a mental jump and a half because it meant I am going to prioritize my vitality and energy and, and zest for life and all of those good things above my physical physique. Because when you're on an alkaline program, there is, for one, there's not really much protein because a lot of protein actually just comes from acidic foods mostly, like meats and stuff like that, all acidic. Um, eggs even, acidic too. Just there's a lot of acidity within all those foods. It's surprising, which is why you see like bodybuilders, for example, who have big problems later in life because they are just in such a deep acidic state. And even if you're on a full alkaline diet, if you have too much protein, you naturally go into acidic. So it is a hell of a program and a half eating at a, an alkaline level, but it is so worth it. And because it was new to me, I made sure I set the rule from the start. I'm going to do what I know, and then when I get new information, I will adapt type of thing. So example, first day I was like, oh God, uh, how the hell do I, how do I approach this right now? Because I don't know like my default foods like I did with normal eating type of thing. So first things first, I was like, okay, what do I know is good? So I did like a banana shake and bananas are acidic. So I needed to offset it with coconut oil. So I quickly researched like, da -da -da -da, what can I do to make a banana shake to everything alkaline? And then got that and as time went on, I found more and more meals. And then I learned more about what's alkaline, what's acidic, and did my best to research ahead of time before eating it. That was another thing. Be very cautious with what you put in your mouth because you can default into old patterns of like, you know, I'm just gonna reach for this, this beer right now. I'm just gonna go to this cupboard right now. I'm just gonna grab this, you know, like crack, I don't know what, whatever the, the thing that isn't allowed in the program was. And then for me, like on my first week, it lasted about two weeks. I got crazy flashes of habitual foods that I loved and also alcohol as well. So just flashes left, right and center of junk foods, acidic foods that I could not have in the program. Um, all types of good tasting things, but just horrible for you to everything. And it was weird, but it eventually stopped so it doesn't last forever, this like crazy period where you have like all the cravings type of thing. Because like for me, yeah, 14, I eventually like near the last month type of thing of this four month run, I started wanting cheap foods and alcohol again. But up until then I was like, nah, I don't need it. Like I felt like superior in many ways as well for not doing that, which is, not really the greatest place to be because it's just fueling the ego. It's not really true. You're just, and you shouldn't be comparing yourself to others. You should be, be comparing yourself to your previous self. So I definitely felt superior in the previous self. That's for sure. Going back to what I was saying about the protein though, I had to prioritize my overall health, my well-being over what I was going to look like because I would not be getting that proper amount of protein or at least what I thought was a proper amount of protein to lift and to train, which is why I'm used to having like, you know, 100 and 170 type of thing, grams of protein per day. Then I moved that way down to like 80. So that was interesting, but I still actually found results within my body, which was a nice byproduct that I'll talk about later in the fitness portion. So alkaline as a whole, how the hell do I measure that? How do I measure what's not acidic and stuff like that? 
basically what I did is acidic meals, I could have three, three acidic meals per week. And if I went over that, it would be automatic restart. That would be an automatic L. And to measure the alkaline versus, versus acidic, it's like what the net alkalinity or net acidity is of that meal. So like, for example, if I had, you know, let's just use this smoothie example again, because it's a good one. If I had a banana and strawberry smoothie, if I add the proper amount of coconut oil, which is like healthy fat, that offsets the acidity to make it more alkaline. And then I'll, of course, other ingredients as well. So like I'll typically do like spinach and flaxseed and pea protein, which is, which is acidic or al alkaline in nature versus like a whey, which is acidic in nature. All this stuff is available online, by the way. And I have like my own database that I look at. So you should find what works best for you. I'll just quickly throw up who I follow for acidic and alkaline stuff. And that might interest you, but there's so many great resources on online, but get off your acid, get off your sugar. That guy's great. He's, he's a badass. So shout out Dr. Daryl. It ended up being more of a custom alkaline program because I selected my own rules and all that jazz, but the coffee is also another thing I forgot to talk about. Coffee was, coffee is acidic. I did what I could to make it slightly more alkaline with like some oils and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, coffee is just fucking acidic. So I'm not really much I can do there, but that was something I was not gonna give up because yeah, there was no chance I was doing this program without coffee, zero. But again, you can customize based on your goals and coffee matches my energy and vitality goals. You can say that for sure. <laughs> so it's not the easiest thing to measure alkaline versus acidic, but the reality is I was doing way more than what other people do for their health portion or their food portion of this program. So I felt pretty damn good about it. But in general, I just did my best to ballpark it while being honest with myself because it can be so easy to just default into like, yo, I'm just gonna have like a little bit of acidic of something. So for acidic foods, I just tried to keep it to cheese, egg. Basically, obviously cheese is not like the healthiest by any means, but I saved it for omelets. So that was basically my thing. Eggs, omelets, etc. Um, potatoes were usually added to that and those are alkaline at the beginning and then they turn acidic after a certain period of time. So that was my go-to like alkaline or so that was my go-to acidic meal of, of, and I would have that like three times a week type of thing or two times a week. And, uh, and the other one was I could have like beef jerky or chicken and stuff like that or ham within the, within the omelet type of thing. It was just little things I set up, set up for myself because it's not like a cheap meal, quote unquote, how it's operating is and why I even set up this like three thing. It obviously seems like, hey, what the fuck? Like, is this guy just not cheating? Oh, nice. I just, I just lost the elastic. But the alkaline diet is prescribed as an 80-20. So it's going to be 80% foods are alkaline and 20% are going to be acidic. And if I'm eating X amount of meals per week, three is going to be under that 20%. So we're golden. TBH, I have no fucking clue if Andy would think this is legit, but I didn't do this for Andy. I did it for myself and for my growth. So there is like, at times I just feel like, did I actually properly do this based on what Andy's talked about? But he's just like throwing his own expectations on. So I can't get too wrapped up in his storylines and his narratives. Like we'll get to the, the yoga later on. I'm not so sure he would think yoga is legit. And yet, I don't know, man. I also just 
don't appreciate that he has drank Diet Coke in the program or his smoking weed in the program. So there's there's definitely some slight wiggle room, but you have to be honest with yourself and make sure you are not cheating your own self. At the end of the day, this is really about self-honesty and you have to be accountable to whatever you choose and whatever program is designed for your goals in mind. It's all about reverse engineering. And that's the case with this. Like, I could have easily chosen the normal route for food and stuff like that, but I decided I need to reverse engineer exactly what I'm seeking, which is not to look like a fucking beauty and to be a complete bro on the physique scale, but rather to feel alive at such a strong level and to really tap into that inner energy and, and really let that really let that come through. The energy is just bananas on it. I highly recommend Alkaline if you're going to do a program like this. Please do it for your own sanity and for your own sake. I know this is a very long-winded way of explaining all this, but regardless of the program, I still was lean bulking. So uh, there was a ton of fats, like healthy fats. Like half my diet, I'm pretty sure, was coconut oil and ghee and MCT oil and olive oil. It was just so much oil which was incredible. My favorite meals were sweet potato with ghee, alkaline protein smoothie, which I described prior, a bowl with quinoa and vegetables, as well as the chunky monkey, which is like cacao and banana and milk. It just basically tastes like chocolate. It was delicious, except completely healthy. So let's fucking go. Then that was a huge thing. Find the healthy alternatives. It's so easy to have these cravings, but if you find like, for me, I love sugar so much, I'm a fan. And the closest thing I could get to that on the program was number one, monk fruit, which is an alkaline version of sweeteners, everything. No calories, etc. Goes in certain things that need it. For example, like if I'm making a coffee, I'll put like coconut oil and some monk fruit type of thing if I need it to be like cream and sugar type of thing. So that's the alternative there. With chocolate, definitely, cacao, which is like cocoa's healthier cousin type of thing. And it's of course alkaline as well. Near the end of the program, there was cacao and oat bars and a, oh God, it was literally like incredible. And everything tastes so much sweeter when you're deprived of sugar, it's crazy. And then same thing with carrots and green, green beans. Yeah, those, those saved my life for sugar basically because they're just like natural sugar, it's totally good. So I would just snack on those and it was delicious. And it's funny, after eating sugar again, after the program, these things don't seem sweet at all, but at the time they were like the sweetest thing. And it was like perfection. And I just inhaled just vegetables left, right and center on the program, it was life-saving. Now, by the time the program is done, you may not need cheat meals at all. Like for the longest time I was like, screw cheat meals, I don't need it. But then as I got closer, as I said, I wanted cheat meals, so I have cheat meals now. But the difference now is that I'm the one in control, food is not in control of me. And that's a very important nuance and distinction that once you experience it is like, Jesus Christ, you just become completely in, in power and empowered actually with your food choices and how the things you put in your body is like, does it serve me? Does it not serve me? And like, which one do you want to choose? Which identity do you want to choose? Which kind of person do you want to be? Do you want to be the person who is inhaling McDonald's or do you want to be the person who is eating clean and eating for lack of mood crashes? And it's like, dude, 
the emotional well-being that came from eating the way I did in this program was phenomenal. And I experienced just so much physical energy, but also emotional well-being. My mood like leveled out instead of being like all over the place from the food I was eating. Less brain fog, more mental clarity, more focus. It was powerful. And I cannot say the same with acidic food. Very similar thing with alcohol as well. I started calling it liquid weakness <laughs> about a month into the program type of thing. I just stopped needing it. It was, it just seemed like a distraction, something that slowed me down. I still feel like that. And that doesn't mean I don't drink anymore. I definitely do, but it's a lot less and it's, uh, I feel more in control. Bonus, I also typically do intermittent fasting every single day on this program, but it wasn't like a requirement. It was just something I chose to do because I've been doing it for, you know, an eternity at this point, <laughs> literally since like 2017. Next task, workouts times two, 45 minutes each. One of those has to be outside. So with each fitness task, I am making sure I do a little bit more, always like 46 minutes minimum type of thing to ensure that I'm doing this 100% right. For me, my goals were again about energy and vitality. So with this specific task, I chose yoga, lifting, and walking slash running for my outside portion of it all. My initial plan schedule was going to be three times a week. This is four. Three times a week, I would lift. Two times a week, I would do abs. And then two times a week, I would do yoga. But I loved yoga so much that near like halfway type of thing, I just switched to every other day, I would either do yoga or lifting. And then the outside portion was always gonna be walking or jogging or running. Now this task is the one that takes up the most time and it's also where nine to fivers are like, I can't do this program. But if you set this up in the correct way, you can definitely do this program, I promise you. I tried so many different schedules for this program. Literally, I think I, I tested out 20 separate ones and most of those came most of those experiments came within the first two weeks and I tested out having it first thing having it later having it completely on the opposite so like workout one right as I wake up workout two basically before I go to bed all all the way to having them back to back midday which apparently is not the ideal way to do the program according to Can according to Andy, but it was behind a paywall. So how am I supposed to understand that information if I don't read the 75 hour book first? So by the way, recommendation, I would recommend that you definitely check the book out ahead of time. But as soon as I did go through it, which is the final like week, <laughs> then I started doing the three hour rule, which is between workout one and two, you must have a three hour gap and it is it is useful for time management purposes, but you're still going to build tremendous skill on time management without it because trust me, like my time management skills just skyrocketed throughout this program and I did not follow that rule for, or rule in quotes by the way, for almost any of the program. <laughs> I definitely recommend you place your workout first thing if you have a nine to five and then when you come home, so do your first thing, whether that's like lifting or whatever the case may be, do the hardest one first and then do the slightly easier one after. So for me, it was doing a, a walk or a jog or a run and I would do that later at night. And I, I just really enjoyed like pushing things later. So my favorite program or my favorite breakdown was definitely sticking with the later night workouts. And I would do, you know, like 5 p.m. type of thing, I would roll around and I would do 
I would lift or I would do yoga. Typically I did my workouts back to back because it was apparently about like, it's easier doing back to back. That's fucking bullshit, it's not. It's very, it was very challenging for me to do back to back and it also talk about time management. The reverse is also true as well. If you do it back to back without any break in between, that for me, it just like eliminates procrastination. It's like, okay, I'm doing this, then I have to do this. And it's just like, you just cannot procrastinate on this program or else you're gonna end up like, what I did multiple times, which is 12 a.m. walks type of thing, or 12 a.m. work is I think the latest yeah, I did, 12 a.m. lifting session and like a 2 a.m. walk or something. Oh God, it was sketchy too. And when you get in those like full moon pitch black, sus, sus as hell. <laughs> but it's just 45 minutes though. It just, it breezes by. You think it's gonna be so much longer than it actually is until you start doing it and you're like, okay, 45 minutes was just gone in the snap of a finger. Biggest problem for me was yoga was like an hour and a half from so many sessions and I'm just like, oh my God, this plus a walk, this is taking up so much time. But the yoga was probably the greatest thing on the program, which I will talk about soon, but let's get into lifting first. As I had mentioned earlier, I stopped working out for three months prior to the program. I had intended on only a month of pausing of workouts and then it just turned into three. And I was like, okay, um, I need to get back on the swing of things. So this was incredibly useful for getting back on reverse pyramid training, which is like start with your heaviest weight first, which is what I do, and then inch down in weight while also increasing the reps as time goes on. So I followed something very simple, which is Kino Bodies, Greg slash Greg O'Gallagher's Greek God 2.0. That's what I was using throughout the whole program. And I also did abs work in between there. Um, but it was always like minimum three lifting days per week. Now, right from the get, I was in complete full body pain because I hadn't worked all of these certain muscles in so long. So I just kept going though. You just have to keep going. Also contrast therapy helps with this a lot, AKA same thing with cold showers. Like those, the cold exposure is just incredibly useful in my opinion for recovery. But boy, was it so nice to get back into the swing of lifting again because it just creates this different level of positive chemicals that rush through you when you push yourself in the gym. Also be cautious when you're lifting because there's gonna be a lot of it, especially if you do day after day of lifting, which is totally an option, but that doesn't interest me at all. It wasn't part of my goals whatsoever, so I didn't do that. And even though I didn't, I still ended up pulling three muscles by the end, but I was just like working through them or rehabbing them instead of taking like a break off them. So like legs, I spent so much of my 75 hard run with legs rehab just because I just screwed up something in my quads and stuff like that. And then by the end, I had torn or pulled, I'm not really sure. I think pulled for the, for the right bicep, which I actually pull on the vlog of my final day. And then my shoulder is still fucked, my left shoulder. So that's not the program's fault, that is my fault. What was that noise? Jesus. So I'm currently not lifting for that reason. <laughs> Next, the best part of the program, yoga. This was one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. Oh, where, where to start, where to start? Like I said, I have no idea if Andy would call this like good enough for 75 hour, but like, bro, this was foundationally game-changing. I'm not just doing normal yoga as well, I'm doing something called body awake yoga. Full transparency is more focused on spirituality than it is on actually like 
the physical nature of, of yoga as it normally is type of thing. And I'm so grateful for that because I'm not doing it for the physical, like I have said multiple times in this podcast, but it's a great way to embody all of the spiritual transformation and bring it down into your physical body. I could go on for fucking days about how much I love bodyweight yoga. I wrote near the beginning of the journey, I said, I feel so alive. And I was constantly releasing that which I hadn't released yet. And I also said it was like energy work in motion. It was just incredibly powerful and something I had put off for so long because I didn't want to put in the time to doing yoga. But I'm so grateful for this program to give me a reason to do this because it has been one of the greatest spiritual things I've ever done. Like so much transformation on a being level. Like my detachment just went through the roof. My, I let go of so much stuff on the mat. It was bananas, man. I did incredible work in my root chakra and my groundedness. I just want to thank Dr. Sue Mortar for this because uh, I don't even know where to begin. It's, it's phenomenal. Highly recommend if you are in a spiritual journey, you check something like that out. So the last part of the fitness is walks and cardio. Now, you might feel like this is a waste, but do what you can to make this more productive. So for me, I listen to so many audiobooks and so many podcasts. Sometimes I listen to music as well. If you're going to do music, make a playlist and anchor in songs. So like I have my 75 Hard Mindset playlist and I also have another one called just 75 Hard, which is they're both playlists of music that put me in a certain state. 75 Hard just shows all the songs that were critical to my journey. And as soon as it, I was repeating it over and over again, so like looping, that helps you anchor in whatever experience you're going through, whatever emotion you're feeling, whatever lessons you're learning in that moment. And then when you re-listen, it puts you right back in that state. So say if I was not feeling it that day, just play the song from when you were feeling it and you go way more close to feeling it again. And then of course, you just have to fucking act. That's, that's critical as well, but... So for me, I had that playlist constantly rolling, ready to go at any point. It was beautiful. Also got into rap and old school rap at one point, but it was, there was a lot of cinematic, so much cinematic music, minimal lo-fi. I just need things that were like really intense. I also barely listen to dubstep anymore, so almost none of that, but just a couple songs here and there. But in general, a lot of cinematic music and a lot of rap. Now, with the walks and cardio, you can make it productive by, like I said, learning a ton. You can also just like think about things. Ideally, you do a powerful walk. That has been like a slightly clarified thing by Andy of recent, but he, what does he do? He does fast walk type of thing, but I don't It's not. It's not as clear, honestly, but the goal is to push yourself. So do things that push yourself and you will come out a different animal when you're just constantly pushing yourself to that next level. So for me, I liked the walks and then the walks were like, okay, this is good. I need to go faster as well. And I also sometimes actually purposely, I was like, I need to go slow right now to practice my spirituality and my presence because that's a whole nother skill in itself. Um, again, Andy would probably think that's fucking bullshit, but I'm not doing it for Andy. I'm doing it for myself. But then as time went on, I enjoyed jogging more and more until I pulled my, pulled my leg at jogging and then I moved back to walking. <laughs> but even at the start, man, it was not easy. I 
was in the middle of winter when I started, March 1st. So I started my walks in just incredible amounts of snow and ice everywhere, slipping and sliding all over the place. It was beautiful though, because I was like the only one on the trail. It was so nice. I also lived by the Grand River, which is this just huge, beautiful river. And I have so many nice nature trails. It's, I'm, I'm very fortunate for that type of thing. So I spent a lot of my time in nature, but I also did like outside walks in the, in the city area type of thing. And it's like, that was a whole nother thing in itself. Like the awkwardness that I experienced at first when seeing people coming towards me and like, I just had a lot to go through with that. So it was super strange to me. And I ended up figuring it out though. And it just made it a lot easier. I'm still not perfect. It's still kind of weird when you come closer to someone, but in general, I am much more comfortable with these mini interactions. And I didn't make them a big thing as well. I, I pretty much wave to like everyone I see and smile. Um, if I actually feel like smiling, if I don't, then I won't and I'll just do. That was a huge lesson. I had no idea this was like such an easy thing to do with people, just with dudes. It doesn't work with girls. People like, girls just get confused when you do that, but it's like a man code thing. But this was super nice to get outside and see people. <clears throat> and I was not going outside at all before this, especially because it was winter, but it was just a great opportunity and I loved it. And ideally the most I could push myself, the better. And, uh, but even at the beginning, like full blisters from just walking 45 minutes, uh, but even at the beginning, like full on blisters, full body pain from, but, it, but even at the beginning, I was literally limping from walking so long cause I just was not used to it at all. But I just pushed through, I just kept, and then I, after three weeks, the blisters were gone. And also I forgot to say, I was also lifting with like a gash out of, there we are. I don't know if you can see that. I like a, I cut open my thumb accidentally. So I started the program with just like a nice open wound right there. And I was like lifting and just reopening it over and over again. But eventually it heals, kind of. So with the 45 minutes, it just cannot be split up. So it's not like 20 minutes here, 25 minutes there. It's like has to be in one chunk, do it, execute, and then move on to the next thing. Like I said, 45 minutes goes faster than you think it does. And by the end, you're like, geez, that was, uh, that was really good. And I feel so much better. And it also can be used as a huge reset. Like if you're feeling tired, like I'm really, I'm getting mentally tired right now as I record this podcast, cause we're about an hour and a half of me recording right now. So after this, I might go for a walk after or do something to just reset my mind. These walks slash power walks slash jog slash runs, they are incredible for your mood. The runner's high you can literally achieve when you're when you're going fast enough with walking. And for me personally, I just feel so much more intense after I've come back from a cardio session outside for whatever reason. It just raises my my testosterone, it clarifies, it allows me to ruminate on ideas and lessons and what I'm thinking about type of thing. It's also a great opportunity for you to just think and just listen to what's going on. Too many benefits to count with walking and too many benefits to count with cardio. Highly recommend, even if you're not doing this program, just integrate some sort of cardio. Like I've always avoided cardio, but I'm really grateful for this program for getting me super hooked on the power of all things cardio. Also forgot to say, I also biked a little bit as well. It was badass. I love biking. Next, reading. Up until this, I read two pages per day minimum. That was my thing, except I never felt like doing more, so I didn't. 
Now, 10 pages, it seems like a lot if you're not used to it. And it definitely seemed like that to me. I was like, okay, going from two to 10, that's a big jump. It's five times the amount of work, right? Except by the time, like kind of like the workout, by the time you're done with 10 pages, you're like, geez, that, that was fast. Like for me, 20, 25 minutes. And that's coming from a very slow reader, by the way, you can do so much faster than me. It really depends like the way the book is set up and the readability, how many words I know within within the, the page type of thing. Cause if I don't know something, I kind of have to like find that out. It also depends on if you're taking notes, highly recommend you do both of those things. You take notes, you think about what you're reading and you research any words that you don't necessarily know because it allows you to integrate the material so much further on all counts right there. And don't half-ass pages either. So like if there's like a small amount, that doesn't count as a page, you know. Um, that's something I did earlier on that I corrected in my final run. I was like, Jesus, I'm being lazy as fuck right now. I'm like, I need to count a full page. It needs to be like a solid and it needs to be a big enough book. So like after I realized how fast this task could go, this quickly became one of my favorite things on 75 hard because I 5X my pace. I was getting through five times the books. I ended up with seven books completed. And here is the order I read them in. First got Influence by Robert Cialdini. Relentless by Tim Grover, Happy Sexy Millionaire by Stephen Bartlett, On Writing Well by William Zinser, Jab, 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 Right Hook by Gary Vaynerchuk, Art of War by Sun Tzu, and then 75 Hard by Andy Frisilla. Now, this book, you should definitely read it before you start the program. Why? Because there are rules inside of this book that are not discussed anywhere else, and honestly, it's just invalidating to get to the end of the program and be like, are you telling me I didn't do this right because you didn't clarify it? It just pissed me off with certain things. But if you do this program right, you should not give a fuck what Andy or anyone else thinks of your run because it's not their journey, it's your journey, it's your run. It's something between you and the person in the mirror that you're looking at. These are all badass books, I love them all. And we are swishing over here because I am dying. And battery. One of those invisible rules was pick a book and make sure you complete it before moving on to the next. Now, I didn't do this because I didn't know. I stopped one of these books halfway through because I'm like, this was not written well. This There was enough mistakes. So I'm just like, I can't in good conscience continue this right now. It's just not worth my time. And it wasn't reverse engineering a goal. Please, for the love of God, pick books and audiobooks that reverse engineer a goal. I say audiobooks only for the for the listening portion that's beyond this because guess what? It has to be a book. It cannot be an audiobook that you do this reading portion for. I'd also recommend you get sticky notes and place them on the before and end point of whatever you need to do for that day. So if you want to read more, great, but at least you have the minimum. And I would also recommend not just doing 10 pages, doing 11, that's what I did to again, save your ass, but also to make it so like, hey, you can read a little bit. And I don't, this was never clarified if, if you need to do it all at once type of thing. You could split it up throughout the day. I typically read mine in just one block, but having a clear endpoint makes the task so much easier because number one, you're not second guessing yourself. Like, have I read enough? Number two, a man can do anything so long as it's not forever. And that's why this program also works well because there's like constraints of like, you need to do minimum if you want to go past that, be my guest, but it's, you can't do things forever, but you can do things so long as you can see the end of the, and the light at the end of the tunnel type of thing. One final recommendation with this book, by the way, read it before and read it around like 
day 60, 65 type of thing. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal to witness everything described that you're going through. It's powerful stuff. Next task, drink a gallon of water. This is by far the easiest task for me because it was already completely habit. Like I said earlier, I was drinking like anywhere from three liters to nine liters already, so it wasn't a big deal for me. For a lot of people, this is like a completely new animal and it's very challenging, but I, pro trust me when I say it's worth it. You feel incredible. I'm, ca I'm, I'm casually just ripping through one right now and it's just, there's about a million benefits why you should drink water. For me, I love it for the energy and vitality, going back again, back to my goals, always being reverse engineered. It's also critical to sustaining yourself for intermittent fasting like I do. This helped me get even more intentional though with how much I'm drinking on a day-to-day -day basis. For measurement purposes, like I showed you, I use one of these. I start off my day by filling it all the way up and then I drink about 500 millimeters to get the ball rolling and then I end up drinking 500 milliliters plus a gallon because I refill it up after. And that just creates momentum early on. Plus you have that checkbox of like, I did more than I needed to type of thing. And it just feels great. Love it. Final task, progress photo. This is by far the easiest to forget. It's so simple, it's so quick that people can easy, easily overlook it. And guess what? If you, don't, if you don't snap a photo for that day of yourself in a progress photo format, you have to start over. So for me, I always started my day out first thing. Um, actually before even the water, I would take the progress photo so I'm not like bloated from all the extra water. And I did that in my boxers, as much skin as you can show as possible to show exactly what's occurring at a transformation level. Obviously, you do not need to share these publicly. You can just keep them for yourself. I kept mine on my camera roll. And then I just shared day one to 75 hard. 75. <laughs> day one and 75 on, on a comparison photo that I'll throw up right now, which was cool because my physique improved even though I fully accepted that it might not because I was so low on protein. Tips for this, get a cheap tripod, maybe off of Amazon or something like that. That's what I use. I used a past ring light type of thing and I just hooked my phone up to it, used the three second timer, set myself where I needed to be, pressed the volume button on the side and that starts the timer. And then I did multiple poses. I did arms out, arms on the side and then arms behind type of thing. I wasn't exactly sure which one I wanted to use, so I just rocked three. And why this is extra useful is if you are struggling with motivation or inspiration on this program, you can always look at those photos and maybe past like 30 days, like you might not notice it right away, but given a long enough stretch, you start to see the comparison between you, where you're currently at and where you started. And it's powerful to look at that change and be like, okay, there is actually things going on here, even though I might not see the result and the progress at any given moment and I might forget and it, it might seem like illusory, there are actually changes going on behind the scenes, whether you can see them or not. And it locks something into your brain where you start to just do things regardless of if you can see the result in the short term. Bonus task, no porn. Yep, I went the entire four months without porn. I, I'm sure, yeah, I did see stuff that would quote, quote unquote classify as porn, um, especially at the beginning when I was more on social and stuff like that, but I never sought it out. That was the key difference there. Like there was no visits to the hub type of thing. This is something I've kept up consistently way past the program because it just feels great. You know, I only, the closest I've got to screwing this up, I haven't been to like the hub in literally like six months now, it's crazy. But 
the closest I got was last week. I looked at it in OnlyFans, and I was like, it was just like nudity, so softcore. But still, it was just like this doesn't feel right. There's something that's just so fucked up about you having this instantaneous access to seeing people have sex. It's just again, I cannot fully explain what goes on. But you start to objectify people, you feel all that guilt from going on porn. Like, it's just, it's not worth it. And I find that my sex drive has not, I haven't lost sex drive. But when I think of girls now, I don't immediately think of them as like a sex symbol or a sex object or whatever. It's, there's less fucked up storylines flooding through my mind. I feel like my mind is less corrupt and just more genuine now. There's a lot more humanity in me. <laughs> <laughs> from stopping porn so highly recommend that if that interests you to include it but i also didn't make it like a i have to do this on first 75 hour it was more just like please do this but if you screw it up you don't have to start over to everything which is useful to tag on those optional but highly recommended tasks other random recommendations before i move on number one do what you can immediately to build momentum for me that was water and progress photo but for you it might be like right away starting with that workout, but just do whatever you can to get the ball rolling immediately and then it's a lot less hill to climb type of thing when it's like 9 p.m. type of thing. Also related, just do things earlier than you think you probably should, unless it starts conflicting with like your magic time or work type of thing. I totally get that. Like this is why I moved almost everything late because I just got my most effective work done from you know, like 6 a.m. to like 4 p.m. to everything and then moved on to the 75 hard stuff after. Take naps. This will save your life, I promise you. You'll probably be very exhausted at some point. Just take a 20 to 30 minute nap. Even if you don't fully fall asleep, that just resting will do so much for your mind and your body and you'll return to whatever you need to do afterwards and at such a greater effective rate. And then my most important recommendation of all, triple check everything you're doing. Every time I failed, it came from not checking myself enough times. I, by the end, I was literally checking three times to make sure I did something because throughout the entire thing, I was so scared of screwing it up and I would literally go to bed fearful that I had not done it. So to give myself peace of mind, I went through the checklist before I went to bed and made sure that I triple checked every task to ensure it was complete before hitting the pillow. And this actually saved my ass one time specifically. I had not finished my progress photo and I could not fall asleep. So I was like, what did it, what happened? So I re-went through it and everything. And I was like, oh my God, I looked at my camera roll. I hadn't taken a photo. So I quickly did that and then went back to bed and then I fall, fell asleep. But Jesus Christ, that was scary. So please, triple check everything. That's how the water thing happened. That's how the book thing happened as well. Sort of the catch up, but not really. It's critical. So doing these five tasks every damn day, whether you feel like it or not, it changes you. You know, you've you received the tremendous benefits from doing the tasks themselves. So for example, the incredible mental clarity of rocking a, a very healthy nutrition plan, but also, Doing these things every damn day with perfect consistency, whether you feel like it or not, that leaves you as a very, very different being. And the combination of those two is so powerful. 
so powerful. Personally, there were tons of tasks and tons of times that I did not feel like doing any of it. So for example, like the workouts, those I felt like doing the least, and yet I just still did it anyways. I didn't pay attention to my feelings. I paid attention to my standards and followed through whether I was in the mood to or not. And those types of things grow you so much and teach you so much. So let's get into the lessons and growth points, shall we? Time management wise, you start to realize how much you are wasting your time. It's bananas. You think this is going to cost you so much more time by adding these things and it actually ends up saving you time because your effectiveness goes through the roof. You start to look at a task and be like, you just whittle it down to its essentials or at least that's how I felt in my own personal run. And it, it just allows you to, it forces you because you're limited on time to really focus on what is the most critical task? What is that one thing? What is the true essential? And you don't have time to waste on the inessentials because if you do and you procrastinate and you spend time in the wrong way, you end up at like potentially failing the program because you'll push it way too late or you just won't manage your time effectively and then you won't get what you need to, what you need to get done for that single day. You'll start to realize you can do so much more than you think you can because when you're pushing yourself, even so like workouts, for example, I would be like dead exhausted and just push myself. And I'm just like, how am I even capable of doing this right now? I should be like in bed because I'm so tired and I'm like hitting PRs. It just makes no sense. But when you push yourself further than you think you can, you start to realize that what you think you can and what you actually can do is a very, very different spectrum. Of course, be strategic and smart about how you're executing and when you're executing, i.e., you know, like maybe that wasn't the greatest idea to uh, work out when I'm half asleep and maybe it would have been better if I had done it earlier when I had more energy. Um, but again, like you can do things like naps. I highly recommend naps, by the way. So, so good. But really, if you just do things in their proper time, you will thrive on this program, I promise you. We are all so much more controlled by our bitch voices than we think we are. Now, I thought I was really mentally tough. I thought I was bigger and better than I thought I actually was. But when you, when you do a program like this, you start to realize how everyone is enslaved by this voice that tells them, I can't, and it just rationalizes all of these lower standards, but it seems so real and yet it isn't it's a complete illusion it's it's just your lower self keeping you down there's like and he talks about this the, the bitch boys the bitch voice and the boss voice and you can think of it like your lower self your higher self and as you progress throughout this program you start to realize how many people are just enslaved by their bitch voice and their lower standards and honestly you just stop caring about their standards Absolutes create absolute change. You want to guarantee something, push yourself to the absolute limit. That is why Andy's, I think, set this up like this, because it just forces you to change in a certain way without almost like a chance of you not coming out of this with a different set of mind, a different body, a different being towards you. Enjoy the challenge now. Boy, do I wish I would have embodied this earlier. I got to the last day, I'm like, Damn it, I should have enjoyed more of the of the grind of things, of the challenge, of the pushing myself past. Because it's it's not as fun. But the reality is I am so grateful that I did. 
and I wish I would have enjoyed that more. Plus the cheat day that I experienced after was just like, it just wasn't that good. It was like, damn, why the hell did I not enjoy this so much more throughout the past like 50 days of just pure grind? Long story short, enjoy the challenge, enjoy the process because this is what creates that incredible version of you that comes out of this. And it's have fun with it, you know? I definitely did a good job of having fun, but I could have had a lot more fun and I could have appreciated it a lot more as I was going. If you are locked in with no options, you will find a way. This was huge. There were so many times where I was like, oh, okay, I don't have a choice right now but to do this. And guess what? I found a way to execute, even though it wasn't necessarily like easy or it was uncomfortable or conditions were not perfect because they're not. And that was another huge lesson. Conditions will never be perfect. You are never going to have things 100% aligned. The stars will never be fully aligned. They're always going to be inconveniences. They're always going to be things going on outside of your control that are like chaotic in nature, but you need to focus on order within what you can control. And doesn't matter what's going on outside. You'll just execute anyways. You'll find that way if you give yourself no option but to but to just execute. I'm gonna quickly run through the upsides of the program and then we're gonna go on the downsides of the program as well. Upsides, you become an absolute weapon. You master your inner bitch. Your consistency gets insane. You have no choice, so you execute. You develop a power that you can point at whatever you desire in life and you will get it. You stop tolerating your bullshit and excuses. You stop tolerating other people's excuses and bullshit. Your presence will change. You'll become intense as fuck. You attack your day in a whole different light and level. You gain control of your day. Your time management will skyrocket as soon as you realize how much time you've been wasting. Your willingness to do what everyone else is too good to do and unwilling to do will create tremendous confidence. You become willing to do the work and very patient. You understand that time will pass either way and you'd rather put it towards the right things and you develop this willingness to do whatever it takes. You won't need cheat meals anymore, but you might want cheat meals. Same thing with alcohol, and it's a big difference in energy. You realize you don't need the escape of alcohol or food anymore. You develop an appreciation for the little details and a willingness to focus on the small things, not overlooking them. With such a clean input, your performance skyrockets. You become unwilling to compromise where it matters most. There's a strong dedication to doing what it takes to succeed, no matter how much time it takes, Time is going to pass, so you do what's required anyways. You become a natural leader, and you might even find yourself in a position of leadership at work. Your alpha nature will get released more and more. Your testosterone will increase. Confidence, self-esteem, all go up. How you hold yourself changes. Your swagger gets unleashed. You realize that you're special. Just like everyone else, you always were, but you now can recognize it. And yet equally, you're not special at all. And the grinding of those two concepts is what makes magic. Your mental toughness gets progressively stronger. If you need to restart the program because you deviated, your self-honesty and humility goes through the roof. Your perseverance increases tremendously as you stick with something long after the excitement is gone and it fucking sucks, but you do it anyway. You learn a tremendous amount. Your self-respect goes through the roof. There's a reduction of what BS you will actually tolerate. Socializing will get easier, but you may struggle to relate to others. And you do more of what you want to do instead of letting the world have an influence on what they think you should do. Now the downsides of this program, because this is not a perfect program by any means, but it's pretty damn badass if I do say so myself. Andy absolutely crushed it, no doubt about it. 
So number one, if you're female, you're going to be exuding a lot of masculine energy and it might screw with your polarities. So be cautious of that. You may struggle to relate to people afterwards because you can see through your own bullshit and others. This happened so many times to me. By the end for me, I was struggling to relate with people and it's why I went off social for so long as well because I'm just like, I don't want to hear about people crying about like systemic racism or all these freaking lockdowns. Like these just radical ass people, man. You might even have a change of friends by then because your interests change, your intensity changes, and your willingness to tolerate their garbage is just, it just plummets. It's highly ego-fueled. You may become highly identified with whether you're winning or not. Yes, this is probably my biggest problem with the program so far, and I still am struggling with it to this day. I found myself deeply identified with whatever the task was and whether, like I was just checking the box even though I was still like, pushing like a motherfucker, but I was checking the box without enjoying the process. And, and I also just relied my happiness on where I was at within that day. And it's just like dangerous stuff, playing with fire there, but it can also super motivate you. You can do this without having your ego come in. It's just really tough. You may exhaust yourself just for the sake of, yes. So Andy talks about pushing yourself and going just like as hard as you can with certain with all of it actually but if you're just like so for extreme example you push yourself and you end up reading 400 pages instead of 10 is that the greatest use of your time that day maybe it wasn't maybe it is but pushing yourself with that extra time and energy spent in that specific category it would be taking away from other things every time you're saying yes to something you're saying no to something else so for me, I really like the idea more of like conserving my energy to a degree because guess what? I need that energy to spend on the essentials. And yeah, this is essential to a degree, but like my biggest one thing, my critical task for that day, that needs to be where I'm spending most of my my energy. And if I'm just exerting for the hell of it, there's so much value in that. And equally, that's also taking away from other stuff as well. It's such a fine balance, such a fine balance. Hard versus challenging. This is a very tough subject. Obviously it's called 75 hard, not 75 challenge, but I feel like people make it harder than it should be and then end up burning themselves out. Like I experienced tremendous burnout after. And I think there's so much value though is still pushing yourself and, and making things more challenging than they otherwise would be because you start to seek the challenge as time goes on. But again, the fuck do I know? Andy's the one who is an absolute winner and I am in the early stages still. Fear. I experienced tremendous amounts of fear in this program because I was so scared of screwing it up because I got to the end and I'm just like, there's no way I'm doing this again. If I f fail after four months, I'm just, I could not do it again. So I was, I experienced actually just even after like the first week, I just started experiencing like I was low key in fight or flight so often because I did not want to fail. I was terrified of failing. And I just got wrapped up in the game. Like I was mentioning before, I just became incredibly identified with what was going on. And after I was done the program, it was just like, what is even life anymore? Like it was just so strange how the ego can get wrapped up in the winning or losing. And I just don't know if it's the right way. I just don't know. Currently that just is taking away from my spiritual growth, but I'm open to potentially being wrong or exploring nuances within that. You may experience serious guilt after you're done the program and have 
any sort of thing close to a cheat. I mean, for me, having the garbage after, it was just like, I just feel like a complete loser now. So obviously that is so useful. And yet, yeah, it's so tough because there's still part of me that's like not fully over and still wants those things. And I just, every time I eat them, it's like, there kind of wants to be that guilt there. Sometimes it is there, sometimes it isn't. But in general, it's like, once you've stretched so far, it's hard to go back to normal. And that is the goal of all this is like, when you're done, all of a sudden done, it's like, you've went so long without it that you just changed your identity and it's hard to enjoy like a beer without feeling some some level of guilt. But it's also incredibly useful because it does keep you in check. If you do this and consistently fail, this will probably leave you a worse person than if you never did it at all. I've seen people who enter the program and just consistently fail and I'm just like, can you please just get off the program because you're telling your, your mind and you're creating an identity of I'm a fucking loser. And that's the problem with like, if you're going to do this, you need to fucking do it and not half-ass it or else it'll fucking eat you alive. I promise you. So you're making a bet here. If you choose to start, make sure you fucking do it because I feel like it can have a downside effect if you don't. But ultimately, that's on you. That's not on the program. And then my biggest gripe with this program is there is a lot of gray tasks and areas and stuff like that within this. And Andy will come on his podcast and kind of just like discredit what everyone's done because he didn't clarify that it should have been done a certain way. And he has apparently owned up to this recently, which is really nice to see. Cause for example, like apparently you can't walk, I, but he was walking. So I was like, oh my God, I don't get it. This is all confusing. And like with the food, for example, that's not clearly clarified enough because it's like you get to choose whatever your diet is. And then I see people quote unquote like doing it wrong. And it's there needs to be more black and whiteness towards this program if Andy's going to treat it like a black and white program because there's just, there's so much wiggle room. If And it's really just about like, where is the self-honesty within yourself? And are you going to do this quote unquote like correct or not? But again, like, where does that line draw of, are you doing this right versus are you, you aren't doing this right? And like, for me, since coming off this program, I actually feel like guilt slash insecure about certain things that I did in the program as if I didn't do it, but I fucking did, which is so infuriating, but it's like, oh my God, nice. Destroyed my final swearing elastic, <laughs> but it's annoying because I want to feel like I did it right. And I, there's, I've just noticed that I cared sometimes way too much about what Andy thinks about how I did the program. But again, it's not for him, it's for me. Okay, this is part of the most interesting portion of this podcast, which is now, after 75 Hard was complete and I've been off for a month and a half now, this was the hardest part of 75 Hard because it's so easy to default into the person you once were. I captured this on Day of Mediocrity, which is a vlog that I have on my backup channel. And I can link a link to that below. But it's tough, man. You have an identity built, especially around the program as well. So like when the program's done, it's like, oh my God, like you feel naked, or at least I felt naked. So there's this like fine balance of you detaching from the 75 hard identity, while also trying your best to keep up the positive 
behaviors and habits, which is not necessarily easy. For me, I thought I was just going to do one day and go right back to everything, but it was so easy to just rationalize that I didn't need to do certain things. And I found myself eating like trash. I care less about the fitness right now because guess what? I fucking pull my muscles. So <laughs> I'm in recovery mode right now for most things. And I'm currently like walking and stuff like that and running and I'll get, but in general, the food was the biggest one. I found myself eating so much junk food. I drank a lot more. Um, I got drunk for the first time in five years because there's the problem I think with this potentially is that there's such a pendulum swing and either I didn't build my identity strong enough or I just it's just like a natural identity or a pendulum swing where you feel like I can't 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 I can and then you go all the way over here so like I haven't got drunk in like five years but I was so like hungry for alcohol that I allowed myself to drink more than I normally would. And I found myself like, instead of just having like a cheat meal, it was like multiple cheat days. And I was like, Jesus, like this is not normal even before the program. So that's kind of been a weird thing. And I, I wonder if I am not doing things well enough or I didn't do things well enough on the program, or if this is just a natural part of life I'm still trying to figure this out. This is all very confusing to me and very in real time as we speak. Um, granted though, August has been a lot cleaner than July, so I'm grateful for that. A lot less cheat meals, a lot more health, more activities as well. Um, and it's been, it's been good. You know, like it's been weird letting go of that ego that I developed on the program and also humbling myself after like, hey, I thought I was the fucking shit when I was done. Like, the, I'm just gonna pretend, like I just can't anymore with this, I'm swearing all the time. But I thought I was a top dog after it was all said and done. And then to have such a piss poor month like July was for in terms of health, definitely reduced that ego and being like, hey, okay, I now understand more so what people are going through. So that was good for my compassion and humility. By the way, I still call alcohol liquid weakness. I just think it is like people just default into it when things get hard. And I feel like it's a, a cause for a lot of problems within our world. It's been, I, in my own experience, I've seen it have tremendously bad impacts on on families and situations and all types of stuff, man. It's just, it's not good. But it's, I feel like it's it's fine in small portions and if not done frequently. So I'm trying to limit myself to like once a week right now. And then with cheat meals, try to limit, trying to limit myself to one or two cheat meals. I'm not rocking a full hardcore alkaline right now. There's more acidic meals because I just love a certain set of acidic foods. Like example, chicken and rice. Having that later, cannot wait. So excited. <laughs> but, but that's highly acidic, but it's just, it's phenomenal. So and it's, it's not technically like a cheat, cheat. Before I move on from the food, I would also like to mention that after my day of mediocrity, I went on a three day fast for 72 hours to try, and it goes back to the absolute nature again. I went so far clean, and then went so far gross with the day of mediocrity, and then I went so far intense with the fasting that when I was done fasting, I like ate like a motherfucker. It was insane how much food I ate 
after coming back from that fast. For days on end, I ate like a thousand plus more calories than I normally would. And it just makes me wonder, what is the ideal balance? And is it, use, is it as useful as Andy Frisella thinks to play in these extremes? I think there's tremendous value. It's just like, how do you stop it from coming back? That's what I'm consistently playing with. Books. I am currently paused. The point of the 75 Heart is to focus on the essentials and do them without, if, whether you feel like it or not. Now, I don't feel like reading right now. It's not my top priority. I still listen to audiobooks, yes, but what, what my top priority right now is learning about film and video editing and storytelling and all things content creation right now. So, when I'm learning about those things, those are on video. So I'm sitting there like studying vlogs at like quarter speed and stuff like that, and auditing storytelling techniques and watching videos of how to improve my filmmaking and and b-roll and storytelling and like all of these things so i'm spending like a significant amount of time every single day doing that and you know i don't feel like i need to check the box on reading right now i will come back to reading when it is essential and it will be at some point there will be a, a book that is my top priority and then i will I will return to the reading full, but I don't want to read for the sake of and just check the box. Um, I just want to do what's essential within my day and not feel like I'm checking the box for anyone, Andy, myself, etc. Just do what is essential every damn day. And this is a this is a struggle because can't lie, feel a ton of regret for not doing certain things, and I feel like the 75 hard police, quote unquote, in my mind of feeling like. Did he do it correctly? Ugh. Like, all types of stuff like this, man. So, I'm, I just gotta be honest with you guys. This is how I'm actually feeling. Progress picture. Fuck no. I don't give a flying fuck about progress photos. Like, I just don't. Plus, it's not gonna be great. <laughs> Me looking at the progress photo after I'm currently paused on training. So, but then again, that is the point of the progress photo, to keep you accountable. Walks and running. I have... I was getting a little bit lazy at the walks, have picked that up more, but now actually in the past like week, I've shifted it to more jogging because I want to continue pushing myself. And if I'm not gonna be lifting weights, because I tried even, I think two weeks ago, there's just still something screwed up with the shoulder, man. I've gotta do some work on it for sure. But with the jogging, it just feels, it just feels tremendous to push myself. And the other thing with time with these, it's so nice to be able to go for a walk and not feel like I have to go for like four hours type of thing. Okay, not four hours, but 45 minutes. Now, almost every day I am doing some sort of activity, whether that's like running this morning, I went for a literal 10 minute run. I just cranked out at like two kilometers, 2.5 kilometers in 12 minutes, I think it was. And I just got myself sweating and I was like, sick, this is awesome. I don't, I didn't want to push myself anymore because I knew I had other stuff coming up. So quick and easy and effective and just giving it your all to everything and then return home. Again, still some guilt of like, shouldn't you be doing more, Josh? Like, ah, uh, it's so true and yet it's not true. Like I'm already gassed, I'm pushing myself to my limit. I can't run as it is. So I'm trying to get better at that. Um, the walks, incredibly useful for resetting and making myself feel better. Uh, also tremendous for audiobooks and podcasts. Calls as well, doing calls on the on walks highly productive um yoga have definitely returned to the fold with that not as much as i would like to but i'm still executing like a couple times a week and then same thing with everything else a couple times a week for that too 
But yoga, man, yoga is just something else. And when I go too long with a body awake yoga, I can feel a dip in my spirituality. I start to like identify too much with the physical and less with the spiritual. Also, yes, I am probably gonna lose part of my physique that I built in this, but it is part of just the recovery process, unfortunately. Thankfully, with the running and stuff like that, I should keep it a little bit down, but granted, I have gained seven pounds in the last, basically everything I lost, I gained in terms of weight, so. Uh, the balance of things then. So now the big question, am I going to do phase one and live hard, which is the rest of this program? And the answer is no. I'm going to focus on finding my ideal balance on a day-to-day -day for max happiness and performance and construct things based on my essentials, not what Andy tells me the essentials are. Now, obviously Andy is literally the goat for mental toughness and an absolute weapon in business and stuff like that. And there's an absolute place for what he's saying about don't customize things. And yet customization at its core is critical because there's no one size fits all. And for me, I am in the mood to do things my way, not how others want me to do them. And I have, I feel like extra rebellious right now. So I'm just gonna run with this and continue asking myself like, what is the ideal thing to do right now? Instead of like, do I need to do this? And there's a fine nuanced balance right there that I think is very important for sustained execution without burning out. Because I, if I continued on like this, I would definitely burn out. I'm so over doing stuff because I have to, not because I want to. Now they say if you do 75 hard right, that you'll be seeking more challenge and you'll reflexively go into phase one. For me, phase one is like just a, a metaphor for that. Like that has not gone away. That continues to be with me. I still am seeking challenges out on a day-to-day -day basis. I love making myself uncomfortable and pushing my my expand or my comfort zone and expanding that just a little bit more, living on that edge more and more every day. And phase one is not that challenge for me. My challenge is definitely sales and content creation. And those two things, if I can pull these off, like, and I will pull them off within time, but those are my big, things to tackle right now. I don't need another program to go through. I'm just, I'm just over it. So right now I'm just trying to find my ideal balance, whatever that might be, and trying to find the ideal schedule and rituals on a day to day. But I just love not checking the box and not ha having to feel like I have to, but rather I get to. That's a huge, huge difference. For me at around like day 30 of my final run, I was just so over the mandatory nature of things, like specifically like all of my rituals, I was just ready to move on and have no rituals and be okay with that. Like since in my in my day-to-day -day life, and I talk about this in the on simplicity, detachment and focus or whatever the hell that was called, podcast, whatever the last one was, I talk about getting rid of all of my rituals and routines and stuff like that. And it's been actually badass as hell because it just allows me to go deep on whatever I'm going deep on for that day, whatever my one thing is for that given day and just execute the hell out of that. And it's so much fun and I enjoy it so much more. My quality of life has gotten so much higher from doing that and uh, ideally in a perfect world, also keeping you know good habits in place, but keeping them optional. It's, it's really helped me with my detachment and my chillness, which I really, really enjoy. Like I feel so strongly about this that I actually stopped doing the power list because I just wanted to focus on one top thing and execute my day or reverse engineer my day around exactly what I'm focused on. And I don't want it to be too many things. And I felt like 
very spread out on Saturday Five Hard, even though it was tremendous in so many different ways. And I'm just so over being spread out because I've tried this for years on end and it just has not worked out the way I want to. Granted, there might just be something I'm missing with that, but I don't know, I'm just not, I'm just not interested in other people telling me what the things I should do on a day-to-day -day basis are. Like I don't need to work out twice. Like that has nothing to do with my goals whatsoever. So I, I pick my rituals, I pick my stuff right now based on what are my goals and what is going to bring me closer to that. And I think if you do Saturday five hour correctly, it just lays the groundwork for that. And uh, for me, phase one, live hard, just not a thing right now. Maybe eventually, but uh, as of right now, definitely not. In conclusion, this podcast was all over the place, like I said, and it went long as hell, like I expected. And I know I dogged on Andy a tiny bit in this program or in this podcast, but I am so grateful for the opportunity to go through something like this and how much he has helped me with this program and all of the training he has given us for free over the years. Again, free program, free training. Andy, you're the fucking man. I hope you know that. And uh, even though you don't need to hear it, I'm, you obviously do know that. But man, I'm so grateful because this left me a very different being, even though I still am faltering in certain areas. My life goes on. I will figure it out. It's an ongoing experiment, this life thing. And I'm, I'm just, I'm grateful for the system and framework you provided. And again, all the lessons you've allowed us to learn through this and through your podcast and stuff like that. I love you, man. Now, I don't feel like I'm Josh 2.0 in the same way that I was when I came off of the program, but I'm going to be doing things to return to that form. Specifically, probably sales is going to get me there and some other stuff. But I think you should do this program if you want to unleash your greatness, if you want to tap in to the next version of yourself and unlock even more newfound potential because it will happen. You will go through the system and if you do it correctly, it will leave you a different person, right? I'm telling you, you have the time for this. Do not tell me you don't because it is just a handful of hours a day. It ends up being like two and a half, I think, realistically, you have two and a half. You have more energy and more time than you think you do. And when you go through something like this, you will start to realize this for yourself and for others as well. It's a very simple system. It's just five critical tasks. Basically, eat good, drink good, read good, and then just work out a little bit. It's not really that complicated. Um, it is way more challenging than you think it is and equally nowhere close to as simple as you think it is as well. You will likely make excuses for why you shouldn't do this program or why you can't do this program. And I'm telling you, it is just your lower self. It's your bitch voice going through it most of the time. But odds are this is the exact same voice and the exact same excuses that are going to hold you back from fulfilling your potential. So whether it's 75 hard or something completely different, you need to tackle that bitch voice. And this is a great, great way to do that for an extended period of time. And it leaves you with the bitch voice mostly silenced. And you start listening to a different voice after. And if you don't change the voice you're listening to, that bitch voice is gonna follow you everywhere you go and stop you from reaching your true potential. When I started my 75 hard journey, I began with four other people and guess who made it out? No one except for me. So that was not for anything other than they listened to their bitch voice and didn't take, didn't get far enough to ingrain the boss voice. And I highly recommend, even if you screw up, restart immediately. Don't even let yourself get comfortable. That is exactly what I did. 
as soon as I screwed up, I'm like, okay, next day, like without any deviation whatsoever. And it just, it just changes you. And I know I'm a broken record about this, but people do not understand consistency like this. The only thing that's gonna dictate whether you do this program successfully or not is which voice you listen to, your boss voice or your bitch voice. Guys, I hope this episode was useful in giving you insight to what I went through as well as what you might do if you choose to go through this program as well. It's not perfect, but it's damn badass. And if you choose to go through it, I would love to hear your stories after. If there's one thing I learned on 75 Hard, it is that conditions will never be perfect. So do not wait for a perfect time because it is never coming. The stars are never fully going to align and you just need to execute in the face of all that because you are so much more capable of greatness than you think you are. Go conquer that 2.0 version of yourself, guys. My name is Josh Moxie, and I will catch you in the next one. P.S. Now that I went through this, I might make a program. We'll see. Oh my God, I just recorded for three hours. Fuck me.